0: Beloved, as we continue worshiping together today, please receive these words from the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long." Now, please receive these words from the book of Revelation, the first chapter, beginning in the fourth verse. Grace to you and peace from him who is, and who was, and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom, priests serving his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds, Every eye will see him, even those that pierced him. And on his account, all the tribes of the earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty Please receive what the Spirit is saying.
1: Loving God, may your Spirit come into this place. Move among us, touch our hearts and our minds that we might know once more your never-failing love. May my words, my thoughts, the meditation of my heart Serve that purpose through the power of your grace and spirit. Amen. Over the past seven weeks, we have in fact been guided by the Lord our shepherd in the 23rd Psalm. And on this last Sunday of, as Ben reminded us, this last Sunday of the Christian liturgical year, this last Sunday before Advent, and the day often celebrated as the reign of Christ or Christ the King, we receive the final verse of the psalm. The familiar to many King James Version reads, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Years ago, I learned that the verb translated follow is more intense in the original Hebrew, so that it would read, surely goodness and mercy shall pursue me. This is not only an image of these good graces of God passively lurking about, or showing up here and there, it is God's goodness and mercy will run after me and find me wherever I am. It strikes me that this is really where we began the journey all those weeks ago. With the ancient image of God, not an image of a conquering king, but the image of God as a humble, strong shepherd. And the affirmation that God is with us no matter what. That's where we began. When I was a teenager, our youth camp worship would use sing-along slides. There are, are there any youth in the house? No. So this is before all of the video screens that, you know, and on the phones and all of that. We literally made slides with the words and we made little pictures to go with them and they would get clicked through on the slide thing so that we would have a, I see heads nodding. You're with. So in my youth camp days back in Oklahoma, this is what we would do. And oftentimes in our worship, you know, a variety of songs. Um, and oftentimes they were popular songs. And as I prepared for today, meditating on this profound promise of God's loving presence, I was transported back to evening worship in Miller Hall at Canyon Camp, and I again heard God in the distinctive form of Cindy Lopper's voice If you're lost you can look and you will find me time after time If I fall you will catch me you'll be waiting time after time right If you're lost you can look and you will find me Time after time, if you fall, I will catch you, I will be waiting, right? Time after time, yeah, 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 Hmm. the Lord our shepherd pursues us time after time. If we fall, God catches us, is there waiting for us, time after time, wherever we are, and no matter how we got there. And if we are willing to follow, God's goodness guides us into places of beauty, green places of nourishment, still places of peace, places where our soul may be restored. God's goodness guides us on roundabout paths that get us where we need to go, guides us through the valleys of life, makes sure we eat something when we are overwhelmed with fear or danger or grief, and tenderly loves us, anointing us, as valued and called. An important word in verse six is the word translated mercy. In Hebrew it is chesed, and usually translated loving kindness. Rabbi Kushner likes to think of it as unearned love. Unearned love. God's goodness and unearned love pursue you. What an extraordinary challenge to the culture in which we live. The common wisdom is that nothing in the world is free that we have to look a certain way, we have to act a certain way, we have to have certain things to be loved. We have to earn it. We have to have this to get that. How many children are taught implicitly or explicitly that they are bad or they're wrong or they're worthless or unlovable because they don't meet their parents or their teachers' expectations? How how much energy flows into trying at every age and stage of life to earn or prove or buy our worth or our lovability? How much money gets made by clever people who exploit our insecurities with the lure of miracle products and schemes? How often do lives full of potential get co-opted or corrupted by gangs? Whether those gangs are on the street or in the lunchroom or in the marbled or paneled halls of power. The exploitation in all these things depends on human insecurity, depends on the lie that any one of us is unworthy of love and goodness and mercy. And when we've tried everything and everything we've tried still leaves us feeling unloved or devalued, we can fall into all sorts of destructive things. Our own insecurity can trigger an impulse to knock others down so that we can stand over them, our boots or stilettos on their necks to feel bigger or like we have some power. Our own insecurity makes us turn on ourselves in self-loathing. And on others with envy and resentment, all out of a tragic self-defense for our own wounded hearts. Whether or not you figure out how to navigate the worldly micro and macro accounting of earned interest in who you are. It is still a struggle to believe that there is any such thing as unearned interest, unearned love. In this world, the relational economy is so often quid pro quo, based on exploitation, or simply governed by run-of-the-mill human brokenness. But God's economy is altogether different. The Lord, our shepherd, as we've been singing these past weeks is the king of love, (laughs) not the king of empires or courts or councils or turfs. And the kingdom of God doesn't require three forms of legal documentation where all the names match exactly for entry because God already knows your name and loves you and wants to be close to you. Kingdom economy with a shepherd in charge is truly different than what we're used to. Jesus didn't test people's theological knowledge or work history before giving them food. Jesus didn't pay the latecomer less than the first to clock in. Jesus didn't play with the devil's shiny advertisements for comfort, prestige, and power. Jesus didn't do violence or execute people. Rather, Jesus allowed himself to be publicly executed, so that we might finally recognize that buying peace or justice with another human life yields neither peace nor justice. Jesus didn't raise an army, Jesus raised lives. Jesus embodied God's love and revealed again and again that only love has the power to set about the healing that will truly set us free. Lord, our shepherd, pursues us not to blame, test, or bully us. God pursues us because God loves us and wants to be with us, wants to help us, wants to give us what we need so that we might live lives filled with beauty and meaning and justice and joy. God's love for you and for me is absolute and it is unearned. God in love is always present, always reaching out and waiting for your heart to open wide to receive the overflow. And as sheep of God's pasture, as citizens of Christ's kingdom, we're taught that we love because God first loved us and that means that all our lives are a response. All our acts of goodness and loving kindness, all our acts of justice and unearned love, all our acts of generosity and care, all our acts of praise and thanksgiving are in response to God's abundant grace given to us. As we, like a cup, receive and are filled with God's goodness and unearned love, we overflow in acts of gratitude, justice, and joy. Because God prepares a table for us, we prepare the table for others. And by God's grace, our offerings will create the best pot luck ever. <laughs> By God's grace overflowing in generosity, we will set a table with love of God and neighbor as the centerpiece. A table that is anti-racist and fully inclusive and affirming and creative and committed and courageous and full of friendship and support and laughter. We will set a table big and wide enough so that everyone has a place. On this Consecration Sunday, we're reminded that God gives us everything, (laughs) holds nothing back, pursues us in love, time after time, so that you will have life, and so that we, as the people of God, can prepare the table with justice and joy. What will you return in gratitude?